0: Spooky podcast
1: oh. Hi everybody <laughs> <laughs> Did
0: did did you Did you find that The New York Mystery Machine was on your, your Spotify Wrapped this
1: year? Yes it was Yes it was
0: Mine was on my Spotify Wrapped. I listened to a whopping 13 minutes of our show <laughs> Because I listened to all my podcasts on Apple Podcasts But like I probably listened to it like Every time I needed to check in to see if it was working On Spotify Right but that's the only podcast I listened to on Spotify was ours. That's and very it was Like funny. two episodes.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I I listened to all the episodes on Spotify. How about
0: you, listener? Were you were we on your your rapt? If you were, let let us see. Let's and see
1: what if that if we looks weren't. Like. You're dead to us. No, no, that's that's, a
0: lie. that means that you listen to us on on the other platforms right. because we know that you're listening because we saw our numbers. That's true. And we're like, holy cow. We don't know this many people. We don't know this many people. My, I don't have that
1: many friends. My mom
0: is not many people. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for everyone who's taken this year to to listen This this year's yeah. rapping so quickly.
1: It's cut, winding down, winding down, winding down.
0: I'm making a weird face because I have to sneeze. I'm not going to cut this out. So I'm going like, to let everyone know that like I have the weirdest face on. Cause... I was going
1: to say, you look slightly pained.
0: Ooh. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm so grateful that um you know, we're we're inching ever so closely to, to Christmas. Christmas And the new the year. Snow's
1: coming down. That's my doing all the parts oh, to that. That You're was welcome. very
0: that was very shrilly that sound. It was very shrilly. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome everyone. Folks, we're so happy. Um we're so happy we've We've noticed recently that our numbers have been growing, and so that's I, I can only imagine thanks to listeners like you who continue to share the love and tell people about our show. So thank you for, for, for all of that. Um And um, the next thing you can do if you love this show is to uh, become a patron and help it continue going because in this new year, it is my dream and my goal to get some new equipment. I have a whole list. I picked it all out already of what we need to buy.
1: <laughs> There's a very long list in Christina's
0: and there's some of it it's like labeled really important some it's not labeled important but like my headphones are all are breaking they are breaking my my sound box the knob is very dented um Mm. and yeah so if you want to help be be a help us by being a patron you head on over to patreon.com slash ny mystery machine and you can do that um christina where are we today
1: Today, we're going to spend the time on Long Island.
0: On Long Island? In and
1: around the town of Stony Brook.
0: Stony Brook? There's a college there,
1: no? There is a college there. Um, and we are going to be talking about the disappearance slash kidnapping with a question mark of Alice McDonnell Parsons in June 1940. Uh, no, June 1940. Related to
0: Alan Parsons, the Al- Alan Al- Parsons project? No, definitely not related to Alan Parsons. Alan Parsons. Don't, project. I don't I don't think so. The Alan Parsons Project. I, it's a band. Mm-mm. The Alan Parsons Project. Nope. And also a reference in the the, the, the seminal comedy, Austin Powers a Spivey Shack Me.
1: Okay, here's here's a confession, which you, will surprise no one. You've never seen Austin Powers? I, no. Well, I've never seen any of them.
0: That will change. Oh boy. We are going to have a night. We'll watch, not the third one. Get I in line,
1: watch. Adam. There are so many people who have told me that I haven't seen the important things, like 16 Candles, like... Uh, I don't know, name a movie, name a movie. A it form- doesn't
0: matter because Austin Powers trumps the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> here's the thing though with other people. Here's here's what I can provide that they can't. Mm. I can make you come to my to my house in the guise that we have to do podcast have stuff. Have to
1: do a recording.
0: And instead it's like, oh, all the recording equipment broke. Let's just watch Austin Powers. <laughs> See, instead. I just
1: had visions of you like clockwork oranging me and like taping my eyes open and like making me watch it. Oh, Which uh, for uh-huh. the record, another movie I've not seen.
0: Oh, there it is.
1: See, this is how I cover up my knowledge. I just pretend like I can make the reference.
0: That's smart.
1: Unless I'm wrong and it wasn't Clockwork Orange that made that.
0: There it is. We will someone will let you know if you're wrong. So every now and then someone reaches out and they're like, Christina was wrong. Or Adam was wrong.
1: Thanks for keeping us honest.
0: I like getting kept kept honest. Yeah. Anyway, back to Stony Brook.
1: Right, so we're in Stony Brook and kept down that,
0: that tangent. Oh Alan Parsons wrong. <laughs>
1: you you are the tangent. That's there. Folks, I ha- forgot to eat today, and uh, I've had a cup of coffee, and we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> um. So, okay. So, Adam, there are a couple of things that I want, a few key questions that we're going to come back to at the end um, to see if we've solved this many decade old mystery. One, was there a kidnapping? I don't know. Two, how does Alice die slash did she die? Who's Alice? Alice McDonald Parsons.
0: Of the Alan Parsons' projects.
1: <laughs> Continue. And who did it, right? Obviously, who did it? Who is, who is, who is behind this? But first, we're going to go and have a little introduction to the family. And I'm going to say first off, as I knock into everything around me, um, that, um, that we're going to spend... I'm re- First off, I'm relying very heavily on a very interesting book that is called Long Island's Vanished Heiress, The Unsolved Alice Parsons Kidnapping.
0: We have another heiress who's missing?
1: You know, heiresses, yes.
0: That's like two in three weeks. Get your shit together, heiresses. <laughs> R- I?
1: It's written by Stephen C. Drilak. Very, very interesting. Um, and we're gonna it's gonna seem like we're going through exceptional detail of like the 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 day of the event and it's gonna seem like we're spending a lot of time there but that's because it's all a, a sort of you know hearsay circumstantial evidence case and the way the story changes over time is really the crux of what we know so bear with but first the Parson family Alice McDonnell Parsons was born May 3rd, 1898 in Michigan to Alice Williams McDonnell and Frank McDonnell, both of whom were originally from Rye, New York. She had two brothers, Frank and Howard. And sadly, Alice's mother dies when Alice was quite young. And Alice's father asked his late wife's brother, Colonel Timothy S. Williams, Uncle Timothy, to help him raise Alice. So Uncle Timothy takes a deep interest in the kids and assumes guardianship of Alice McDonald. And he made sure that Alice, you know, has the best education that you can, you can afford a, a young woman at this time. Uh, she attends Miss Porter School in Farmington, Connecticut, uh, where she studies chemistry, physiology, botany, geology, astronomy, in addition to the traditional subjects of Latin, French, German, spelling, reading, arithmetic, trigonometry, history, and geography. So it's a very, you know, it's, it's a prestigious education. And upon graduation, Alice takes a long trip to Europe. Importantly, in 1902, Uncle Timothy had purchased 100 acres of land in Huntington from a Warren B. Samus. And three years later, he completes the construction of his shoreland estate. And this is going to be really important because the shoreland estate and what they call the Samus property or the Samus rental is going to feature heavily in this. Um, and it's at this estate where Alice marries William H. Parsons on November 1st, 1925. Before they go to honeymoon in Rio de Janeiro and Cuba, and then in 1928 they purchase Long Meadow Farms. More on that shortly. It's also important to know that around 1930 Uncle Timothy dies, and Alice has left a decent chunk of change. So the will establishes a $30,000 trust for Alice. With the interest and principal becoming available on her 35th birthday.
0: And what year is this again?
1: This is in 1930. And yeah, I have a figure so th- for you soon. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's back $3,000 yeah, in 1930.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Get ready. Um, in 1936, Uncle Timothy's wife dies, and some of the shoreland estate is sold. And so Alice ends up with more money. Um, all this to say that through various trusts and inheritance, inheritances, as well as her shares in the Samus property, right? She was worth over $82,500, which in 2019 currency, um, which yes, I don't have exactly what it would be in 2021, but you know, $1,480,000. So she's got money. Um, Alice also always wanted to have children, but, uh, she was never able to, and so they end up um, with a housekeeper who has a son, and they're living. And so Alice really takes, you know, t- takes a liking to this son named Roy, um, and it really treats them like like her own son. Oh. Her husband, Alice's husband, William H. Parsons Jr., born 1888, um, is the one who who bought Long Meadow Farm in Stony Brook, New York. And Longmeadow Farm was a 22-acre farm uh, where he had pigeons and poultry. Um, William is the son of a wealthy industrial businessman who owns a big paper company manufacturer in New York City. And importantly, he uh, works for the, the London office of this company from 1923 to 1925, where he gains a reputation of having, quote, escapades with women, unquote. And this is important because, spoiler, there's going to be a lot of um, background chatter about is Roy, the son of the housekeeper, really the love child of the housekeeper and
0: William? Bum, bum, bum.
1: I don't think the years actually line up, but this is sort of the chatter that goes around and you'll see why. Um, So that takes us to Anna. Anna Cooper. Kup- Kupriyanova, the housekeeper, was born Anna Shishov in Yalta Crimea in Russia on February 4th, 1901. She studied biology at university, met an Alexander Kupriyanova, whom she married. They flee Russia. They go to Turkey and then Yugoslavia. Um, when ev- eventually Alexander goes and leaves for america leaves anna behind this is common at the period right you you come to the united states and you send back money eventually to bring the rest of your family over if you can and so when anna eventually joins him in 1924 she's actually turned away at ellis island there was a a quota on how many russian immigrants you could have at the time so she sent back to europe
0: (laughs) sorry too many russians too many
1: russians got
0: two the the russians in front of you (laughs) The Bolsheviks is they've they 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 hit our capacity for the day, folks. Sorry. That's
1: exactly if you're a Russian (laughs)
0: you gotta go back.
1: And she always honestly
0: which sucks, right? Like to go back means to get on a boat and go all the way back.
1: And she it at it, actually, she Good fights for her. it, and she says, "No, no, no! I have all this teaching experience. I'm. I studied botany. I am exempt from this because of the skills I'm bringing." And they, she's overruled. Essentially, they they take it to a board, and the board says, "Yeah, no, we disagree," and they send her back. She goes to England. Oh, she goes to England, and she's 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 go she's sent back to, um she ends up in England, which is where I guess the the boat they put her back on was. I'm going. sorry, I can't
0: go to the fact that there was too many Russians. <laughs> like, sorry, we yeah. have we can allow we got twenty Russians for the day. We got 12 Italians for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, like I don't know. We can do 14 Germans. Like four, <laughs> We can do 14 Germans. Like, what a weird list of people, like, how they break down who's welcome in the country. And, yeah. Gosh.
1: Yeah. Um, hashtag America. Hashtag America. Seriously.
0: Hashtag American
1: dream. <laughs> oh. Well, she goes to, she ends up in London, and she ends up meeting an Indian man named Hans Soni who was studying economics, Um, and they move in together uh, and live in West Kensington. And it's important that at this moment, Anna writes a very plaintive letter to her husband, Alexander, in America, and explains that she's been unfaithful, is now pregnant, begging him not to be angry, to help her this last time in the name of a previous child they had who had sadly died, Milochka. And she asks him of this one last favor, divorce her so that she can get her passport and her maiden name again and go back to her mother in Russia and be asked fewer questions because she'll at least be going back in her maiden name. Alexander apparently does this. There's a divorce. It goes through. And Anna gives birth. Now, it is important to note that though she says, at least in this moment, that this child is Sony's son, it could not be. The, the timing of when they met and when she gave birth do not add up. And Sony never claims to be the father, even though she lists him as the father on the birth certificate. But, like, it would have been impossible for that to happen. So who the father is, right? Regardless, the child is named Roy Chandra. So in 1928, Sony leaves them both and goes back to India, eventually stops sending money. Um, And Anna makes friends with the woman from the State Department. And Anna is able to get her visa. And she claims she's still married and that Alexander now is Roy's father as part of her visa work to get here. Um, And through a long story, she ends up working for the Parsons, right? Um, And it's from her home with the Parsons, as their housekeeper, that she applies for U.S. citizenship under the name Anna Cooper. The joke was that, you know, no one can say Cuprianova, so Cooper's close enough. But by the time she's done with the process, she actually applies under the name Parson, claiming that she was given permission to essentially become a parson so one big happy family under this roof we're now going to turn our attention to a couple of the, the couple of days well a couple of weeks leading up to the kidnapping okay so two weeks before Alice disappears Al now writes to a friend in order to get a meeting for the Parsonses with a Russian caviar distributor it seems that their squab wasn't selling and they were trying to figure out how to make it more profitable what's a squab you're saying do you know what a squab is not at all yeah a squab it's basically a base like a like a baby bird often a domestic pigeon that is sold for meat it's the veal of birds <laughs>
0: it's the veal of birds
1: and they 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 New t-shirt.
0: <laughs> it's the Vila. Write it down. It's the Vila Birds. What's the bird called,
1: again? Squab.
0: Squab. The Vila Birds.
1: S-Q-U-A-B. That's really funny. Um, and they sold canned squab and squab paste, which I can't think of anything more disgusting sounding. I think it's in the name. Like, that's half the problem right there. But regardless, it's not doing well. And so Anna's calling in a friend to, like, help them with this caviar distributor that maybe will buy their squab. Uh, Two days before Alice's disappearance, William and Alice go to the law office of Cullen and Dykeman on Montague Street in Brooklyn and create new wills. In Alice's, a little paper rustling for you. In Alice's, $35,000 would go to her husband immediately upon her death, and $10,000 would go to Anna Kuprianova. And the rest would be held in trust by the Brooklyn Trust Company, and the income would go to her husband for the rest of his life, and when he died, two thirds of the property would go to Roy and a soon-to-be nephew.
0: Okay. So
1: Anna Kuprianova and Roy are written into Anna's, uh, into, I'm sorry, into Alice's will.
0: Is that common of the time?
1: I don't think so. Yeah. Right. That felt. It's a little. It's a. It's a little unusual, especially two weeks before you disappear.
0: And she's not family.
1: No, but um the story is that she's she's just like family. And Roy, Alice really does love Roy. Roy sure. is the the son she'd never had. Okay. But there you are. There we are. The day before she goes missing, William does some errands around town, arranges for a broken farm wagon to be delivered, or not to be delivered, rather. He's having it delivered, but he wants it kept at the Long Island Railroad Station slash Western Union, a little bit of both. Um, he wants to have it, directly taken from there when he's ready and take a ticket so that's the whole thing don't come to the house i'll come get it later then he takes alice to huntington where they're going to meet with a handyman to talk about the samus place right again this going all going back to this uncle inheritance the rental there's some work that needs doing there um alice meanwhile ran some errands um including visiting mrs gaudy the head of the three village garden club uh, which was going to have a guest speaker the next night from the New York Times garden section. Um, and Alice herself was the one who had arranged for this and was very excited to attend. She made that known. Anna received confirmation on this day that the Russian Caviar Company would be able to meet at Grand Central Palace in New York City. And so William Parsons made the decision okay, I will go into New York City tomorrow alone. So here we are, day of kidnapping. Ready? June 9th, 1937. What I'm about to give you is the rundown of um, the sequence of events as pieced together later on from William and Anna's and a little bit of Roy's testimony. Um, A lot of things change from the first time they're interviewed to what the version I'm going to give you is, but we'll go through that. So William H. Parsons wakes up on Long Meadow Farm, feeds the birds, has breakfast with Alice, and they all talk about some work that's going to be done, again, at this property in Huntington. Alice has plans to go out to Huntington that day again. And the plan was that after all of the work at this site was done, they were going to rent the property to a Ruth Burden, some lady. But only, the only people who knew about this arrangement so far were Alice and William, and of course, Ruth herself. William and Alice go to the St. James train station near the farm. William asks Alice to pick him up at the Huntington station that night, because he likes the ride from Huntington, she's going to be there anyway, let's just meet there. And he goes on his way. Alice drives home, waves to Roy, who's on his way to the school on his bike, and then she and Anna begin doing work about the farm. It's also maybe semi-relevant to note that all the times are approximate, because apparently the clock in the house was always 30 minutes fast or 30 minutes slow, which they found to be hilarious. So, around uh, 1055-ish, Arthur Chadwick and George Winfield come pick up the garbage. Alice holds the door open for Anna to pass him a box of feathers from inside the house, and they leave around, like I said, 1055. And then Anna and Alice work together to help a hurt gosling and bandage its leg. And this brings us to 11 a.m. At 11 a.m.-ish, a two-door black sedan with a New York license approaches the back door of the house. Eventually, Anna will say that she saw a woman in the passenger seat, about 45 years old, around full face and heavy shoulders, and a middle-aged man in the driver's seat. Alice goes out to greet them. Anna says she can hear Alice laughing at something. Anna leaves the gosling in the kitchen and goes to deal with other poultry. And eventually Alice joins her and she's changed to something very fancy and says that she's going to the Samus place because an old woman is interested in it but can't get there. And so Alice is going to go and help out, and she'll be back for dinner. Alice leaves, and Anna follows a minute or so later, just in time to see the car turn down onto the main road. And she notes that the man was driving with Alice and the woman in the back seat. Oh. Anna goes about her day. At some point in the afternoon, Anita Gumbus, the wife of a machine shop owner...
0: Anita Gumbus.
1: a great name? <laughs> ...comes to the house to collect some payments, and Anna goes and says, Oh, no, no, Alice isn't here right now. And so Anita leaves. Roy comes home from school at 5.30. All of this is going on, and William is in the city having a shopping spree and talking to the caviar people, and eventually he comes to the Huntington station at 5.45. No Alice. So he calls Anna from the stationery store. Well, rather, he calls the house, right? And Anna picks up and says, I haven't seen Alice since 11.30 when she left with this random man and woman. So he waits a little longer. And then he says, maybe I'll call the Shoreland estate, the guy who takes care of it there. And this guy says, yeah, I haven't seen Alice either. I don't know. She's not been here all day. He says, "Okay. well, fine. So he takes the next train to St. James Station, the one closer to the house, and gets a taxi. Now, this is about 7 p.m. when he catches the taxi. And at 730, he's approaching the house. And Anna opens the door and says, isn't she with you? Hmm? And so William's like, oh, okay. well, time to play some calls. So they called family, they called friends. Everybody's like, yeah, no, she's not here. Everything okay? Like, yep, just can't find her. It's fine. So at this point, William does the right thing, right? And calls the police.
0: Unlike our friends from two weeks ago, the Arnolds, who are like, we don't need the police.
1: Oh, don't worry. William's about to do some weird stuff, but Uh he at least calls the police. Oh, William. And he calls the police, and I guess he knows the guy because Lieutenant Stacy Williams answers the phone. And William says, Stacy, can I see you? And he won't say what it is, just that it has to do with Alice and he can't discuss it on the phone. Mm. So 7.45 p.m., Lieutenant Wilson and Officer Fitzpatrick arrive at the farm. William catches them up on everything and they ask, well, why would Alice leave to show the property if you already rented it to this Mrs. Burden lady? Mm -hmm. And Anna chimes in and says, oh, no, no, no. Mrs. Burden wanted an oil burner and Alice thought maybe she could rent out the property without adding one. Okay. Sure. Here's a fun fact. At this point, apparently, uh, Lieutenant Wilson says, who's this lady? Pointing to Anna. And William Parsons says, "Oh, this is my sister. You can call her Miss Parsons. Um, what, what, what? Sure. What? Anna goes on to explain the situation further. She says that the car pulled up and Alice went to talk. And at this point, she claims that she couldn't see the people in the car at all. Now, you'll remember, I gave a pretty detailed description of the car and yeah. the people. But at this first interview... But she can't. She's like, I've... She's eventually the one who gives that description. But at the first interview, she's like, yeah, no, I didn't see anybody. I I you know I saw them only as they turned onto the road, and I could see that she was in the back with a lady and there was a man. <clears throat> that is going to change, clearly. Clearly. So at this point, Lieutenant Wilson... um. Tells William to go call Alice's relatives, let them know what's happening, maybe get them to come over. And he asks Anna to show him the injured gosling that Anna said that they had been, like, bandaging, right? So Anna pulls up the cloth where she had u- that she had used to cover and nestle the little gosling, and apparently seemed extremely surprised that the gosling was now dead. And Wilson would note in his notes that there was a half-filled, two-ounce bottle next to the basket with a label that read, Drug Drugstore... Port Jefferson, chloroform.
0: Oh, well.
1: Store that away for you. Stored. Um, And so then an officer proceeds to ask some more questions of Anna, and Wilson goes upstairs to talk to Roy, the kid, and Roy says the last time he had seen Mrs. Parsons was at breakfast before school. You may recall that I said that he waved to her. Yeah. Because he's also going to change his story. Oh, Lord. He will eventually say that he waved to her. Wilson goes back downstairs and notices the chloroform bottle is now gone. He makes a few calls to see if there have been accidents, calls the district attorney's office. And as a result of all of these calls, the place is going to be crawling with investigators. Sure. And also due to some leaks, they're going to be crawling with reporters. However, at this point, Wilson asks William how much he could afford to pay if this turned out to be a kidnapping. At which point Anna chimes in and said... You should go look for a ransom note. And then William and Anna have a private chat. Don't know how that happened. And then William says that he they he wants the officers to leave the house, all of them, because he's worried that there's going to be too much publicity. And besides, there's got to be a note somewhere if there's a kidnapping. And Wilson's like, no, one, we're not leadi- leaving. Two, I'd actually really like to call in the feds. And three, who says that this is a kidnapping? I just asked in case, like, do you have money that we could you know rely on? Yeah. So finally, well, William's like, whatever, do what you think is necessary. At this point, more officers are arriving, they're asking questions. And at this point, Anna starts telling people that the Parsons adopted her son. What? That her husband's dead and, you know, adopted her son. Oh, jeez. And then she makes the comment that Alice must have been kidnapped for a ransom because, quote, she's coming into a fortune, unquote, which William tries to downplay. And then William eventually states that Anna uses the name Mrs. Parsons. They're like Mrs. Parsons, like like you're married, Mrs. Parsons. I'm like uh, no, just like you know, she's she's a parson, so she's Mrs. Parsons.
0: But Mrs. means you're married mm-hmm. in like that mm-hmm. family.
1: Mm-hmm. And so then the officer is like, you yeah, know, okay, tell me more about Roy. Did you you adopted Roy? And William's like, yes. And the officer's like, legally, like you legally adopted Roy? And William's like, uh huh.
0: Is, is there papers? Can we see the papers? Is-
1: William's like, 100 percent did that. He also says that he and Alice never fought. He never stepped out on her. There's nothing along those lines. He can't imagine why she's gone. So throughout this evening, Anna's telling everyone to go look for that kidnap, you know, the ransom note. There's got to be a ransom note. Did you look outside? And she begins suggesting places to look as well. And so eventually, Lieutenant Wilson does go outside around 11 p.m. He checks the exterior of the house and the car. He checks the front and the back seats and the floorboards. No note. Great. 11.30 p.m., another investigator searches the chicken coops and the cistern of water and and the car again, which is normal. You're, you know, cops often double-check places in case their partners miss something. No note. Nobody comes back with a note. At 11.45, another investigator arrives, confirms no one's seen Alice anywhere, and so they release a missing persons alarm. And there we go. We're now heading into the early mornings of June 10th. We've only been a few, this case is only a few hours old, but we're heading into the the, the early hours of June 10th. Sometime after midnight, Chief Bridges, who also was shown up at the farm, searches the grounds. and He finds two axes, one in the chicken coop, several dark spots, possibly blood and short hairs. And the second in the house basement with some dirt on the blade. And he puts both of these in his personal car uncovered no photographs nada it's worth noting that there are actually standards for how to handle a crime scene at this time that's not some recent invention in the early 1900s they had a whole like procedure outlined and it just makes me want to scream because why are you putting this just in your personal car on the floor completely uncovered why aren't you taking pictures it's maddening um be that as it may by 1 a.m. Anna starts making a claim that actually her husband died in Serbia in 1936 and that, quote, I'm a woman of culture and nobility and believe that Mrs. Parsons was a woman of inferior complex while I have a superiority complex. She just didn't seem to know how to run a home. So she was guided by my ideas at all time. And so was Mr. Parsons. Hmm. So those are some weird things to be saying.
0: So those are things that you're saying that are make no sense. And
1: initially she also claims that no one had been to the farm since Alice left. Until her son came home. But we will eventually confirm the several people stopped by the farm. The garbage man, Anita Gumbus, right? Other important things? Anna can Anna drive a car? No, 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 she's just beginning to learn. Never drove a car. Okay. Twelve thirty AM. Investigators search the parson's car one more time. And you know you know what? There's a note.
0: In the car? In the
1: car. That car that was searched like three times already? And now there's a no. Now there's a no. And you know what? It wasn't like tucked away. It was pretty exposed on the floor of the car with just like a corner underneath Gosh. a seat. And they're like, what? What's this? No one takes a picture. God forbid someone takes a picture. And the guy picks it up with his hands, for the record, like bare hands, just straight up touching this thing. This is an
0: evidence.
1: Also infuriating. And he opens it, and then he's like, oh no. Oh, this, this is what this is. Um, so I'm going to ask you... I'm going to give you an actual picture of the, uh, the ransom note. Will you kindly add them?
0: Will Pawson, I have your wife for $25,000 ransom. I calculate you can get that money in 24 hours. I have no place to keep her longer. Meet Bus Terminal in Jamaica, p.m., 9 o'clock. Bring money in box. My man will call you by name, and you go with him. He will take you to your wife. But mind if any cop aboard, you'll pay for it, and she will never
1: speak again. Oh. Thank you, Adam. That's good. So that's the note. And- I should I
0: should like John Lennon from last week or Bob Dylan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So that's the note. And, and you'll never see her again. <laughs> Don't worry. You're going to have more chances to be ransom notes. Great. Great.
0: Great. Next will be Bob Dylan. <laughs>
1: um, so this is this is all just in the first few hours. It's very weird. Chloroform goes missing. Why is chloroform there? One. To begin with. Then it goes missing. <laughs> then uh, there's, you know, go look for the ransom note. You should check these places. And then there's suddenly a ransom note after you've already checked all of it. Very odd in general. More of that after the break. to our podcast, which means you must love mysteries.
0: But how would you like to solve your very own mystery?
1: Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episode boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve an ongoing murder mystery.
0: Work solo or as a team of sleuths to finally crack the case and reveal the murderer.
1: So do you think you have what it takes to hunt a killer? If so, head to www.huntakiller.com and use the code NYMYSTERYMACHINE for 20% off the first box.
0: That's www.huntakiller.com and the code is NYMYSTERYMACHINE.
1: Sign up now and begin the hunt. Bow, bow, pow. So much for the, the the first sort of night into the next morning. The FBI takes – because now the FBI is involved, by the way. Uh, the FBI takes those axes that were found um, into possession for analysis. Turns out the blood is from a chicken. The hair is from a dog. Not that exciting. Um, eventually, the FBI decides that the best way to go about this is to keep two agents on site at all times. They really want – they want the kidnappers to contact them again, right? So mm. the, the the reporters have been all over this. Let me back up. In this time, the reporters have been all over this. It's leaked that there is a, a ransom note, um, which means because one of the, the papers – like shared the entire ransom note that there's no way of meeting the kidnapper with any degree of secrecy it's basically off right so instead they're like okay we're gonna make it seem like everybody's left and it's just you guys at home so that they'll contact you again And so they make a big show of like leaving and pulling out. And and then by cover of night, two more, two agents go back in and sort of like just live with the Parsons family. And this is important because it allows them to search the the premises whenever Anna or William or Roy are all gone. Right. So in the course of these sort of occasional sweeps, they found some interesting things. They find a bloodstained pair of women's socks they believe to have belonged to Alice. Confirmed human blood this time. They find three sheets of loose paper around Roy's bedroom, two at his writing desk and one between the pages of a book. And this watermark, there's a watermark on this paper that is matching the company of the ransom note paper. So the ransom note and this place share share the same company which only, apparently they did the research. It's a Pennsylvania paper company that only sells to one, a couple of Woolworths, one of them is local. So that's weird. The ransom note seems to be coming from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Other things happen. We learn that, you know, the timeline as Anna originally presents it, which is like, I've never saw anybody since Alice left, um, is wrong because the garbage men say, no, 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 no. I picked up the garbage and it wasn't 1055. I'm never there at 1055. I'm doing this for years. I was there at 930. And usually... I just go into the kitchen and pick out the garbage myself, as I've been doing for, like, years. But this time, Anna was at the door and was like, yeah, here's the garbage, thank you, and I left. Hmm. Additionally, Anna has been insisting that, no, the car is exactly where it was, you know, sort of where um, uh, Alice had left it when she came back the first time, and it was parked here. I mean, I
0: hate to, like, stop the show, but it's clearly Anna.
1: (laughs) I'm not saying it's not Anna.
0: Uh, i mean this clearly it's, 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 it's weird it's just
1: some weird shit um and <laughs> but again the garbage guy is like no the car was moved what do you mean it? it was no it was when it was in the garage when i got there i wouldn't have been able to get my truck by otherwise all these things start to come out uh roy starts to change his you know story right he initially he was like I only saw her at breakfast but then suddenly he's like nope totally waved at her on the way home and then there's the fun bit that the FBI begins tapping their phones and miking their house so they catch interesting bits of conversation here and there so for example they have Anna saying you drove to the station in the morning and William saying that's what they say but you know that isn't so so interesting conversations about their own alibis happening but nothing incriminating Jesus. per se. Sure. And I'll say that, you know, that's not the only place that they're recording William and Anna either. They keep taking them to various locations, various FBI offices for more questioning. And they they try to get them to turn on each other in a big way. Like, that's sort of the, the strategy they're using here. Um, they get them to admit that, in fact, you know, they have been having an affair. Absolutely they have. Um, and... They suggest to William that he, you know, look, we find it weird. We found the ransom note paper stock in Roy's bedroom. You should confront Anna. We'll give you a moment. Don't worry. It'll be private. Wink, oh, wink.
0: damn. They're being, that's some shady boots. But
1: like, you should really try to see what you can get out of her because we think something's up. And this is what they say in that moment. Apparently, for the record, they were immediately like, yeah, we're, we're." they're listening to us. We're not idiots. Um, And so they whispered. And so only a few things got picked up, but there were a few things like this. William says, why don't you tell me where is Alice? Anna, she's not murdered. William, where is she? Anna, I'll tell the lawyer. And William, I don't know why you want a lawyer to find out where Alice is, where the body is. Anna, don't you worry, there is not body. And William, she isn't around the place anymore. Anna, what, have you gone crazy? These people do not mess around, what are you talking about? They went from one place to another, but they didn't dig all the ground. What? So, some weird conversations are happening. But I think the most fun part of all this, if there's a fun part, is um, that throughout this time, there have been not one, but multiple kidnapping notes. Or rather, I guess you call them ransom notes in the real world, aren't you? Not kidnapping notes. No one calls them kidnapping (laughs) notes.
0: This is my kidnapping note.
1: (laughs) So, um, to just continue this, um, Adam, I would love for you to be the voice of the ransom note. So to set this up, it should be noted that uh, the ransom, uh, a ransom note or a note from the kidnappers, I should say, arrives on July 8th and assigned to Mr. Paul Jones and had requested that William be ready to pay the ransom under new specified conditions Uh, And specifically, it was to place a large ad in the newspaper using Alice's name and saying, Mrs. Parson's doing fine, thanks to Mr. Jones, and include his license plate number. The FBI was like, "Okay, this is sort of weird. And a public display like this is going to prevent you from actually allowing us to get the perpetrator. So no, just don't do anything. They'll make contact again. That's what they do. A little while later, a letter is delivered to Anna's friend in Flushing. And it specifically said... On the envelope of the letter inside was to be uh personally delivered to anna and that's the first bolded bit here that i'd like you to read adam
0: dear anna this is from a heartbroken woman who is forced into a most unhappy thing my heart bleeds for you and yours as long as mrs parsons does not return everyone in the papers will make you and your family also unhappy by their false suspicion i have brought myself to this decision The thing must end sometimes. In 48 hours, there will be found in one of the outhouses a sheet of paper with the same as the one enclosed. The exact location of Alice Parsons' body. I have a way of putting a note there. Do not try to trap me. I am trying to help you. May God bless you and forgive a most unhappy woman, Mary.
1: Okay. So we've got this Mary now talking about it. You can hold on to that. I oh printed boy. you your own copy. Okay. There's a few of these. Three days later, uh, another one arrives. And this time, you know, it's, it's apologizing for having been unable to do as promised because of all the police activity in the area. So Mary promises that she'll soon send a map of where to find Alice's body. And the note ends with, And then you will never hear from me again. I'm going away. Mary, the paper will show who I am. So then on July 24th, there's a new letter to Anna. Uh, addressed to Anna Cooper, uh, which was originally what she was going to call herself. It's a 10-page le- letter where Mary explains Alice dies of pneumonia on July 9th. Um, and Mary and her brother are quarreled because apparently Mary and Paul Jones are brother and sister, if you follow the logic of these letters. And they quarreled because of Alice's death and her brother has since left and she's not really sure where Alice was um, buried, but you know she could describe what Alice was wearing at the time of the kidnapping Yada, 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 Be in touch soon. August 7th, another letter, this time from Paul Jones. Um, and it's worth noting that whereas Mary's letters are always handwritten in green ink, Paul Jones' letters are always written on a typewriter and in all caps. Um, just, just. I just find that it's sort of amusing because it sort of speaks to like, you know, all caps and the shouting and it doesn't matter. Adam, will you read for us? Paul Jones on August 7th.
0: B, acknowledge, folks, there's no periods in this, so it's just one big run-on sentence.
1: And not because Christina didn't put the periods in. That's just apparently how it is.
0: All right, here we go. G, Men, and Cops, The Only Period. In July, I communicated with William Parsons to furnish me $40,000 for the return of his wife and to cover the great expense I had, being only a guard. Things moved fast. Parsons did not answer. His wife died. Then my sister, in her weakness, wrote to the Russian woman, giving her the location of the body of Alice Parsons. I have watched the papers carefully, but you have kept the public finding the body. This will not catch us... F, go ahead in your dumb way. I knew you were in the thing from the start and all my plans were made with this thought and you would not have caught me with all of your smartness. I do not write to plague you. My only thought is to protect Mary. She was not a willing party to anything and did not know or expect the end. It will be best for Parson to see she's protected or else if he does, this everything will be and fine for all hands. Mr. Paul Jones.
1: So that happens. And then a couple days later, August 16th, the new envelope, presumably from Mary because of the green ink, arrives at the home address of William's brother, John Parsons. And the letter read,
0: Sorry, delay. Alice died pneumonia. Brother responsible kidnapped. by destroyed, complete.
1: Um, and along with this letter was a piece of paper to which was attached a gold pin with pearls and sapphires. And uh, a relative in the house identified it immediately as Alice's. And when questioned, Anna, who was very surprised about this letter, confirmed the pin as Alice's. September 7th, another letter from Mary.
0: This may not be right. If better information found later, I will send another diagram. I was not present when Body was buried. I hope this will end all your worry. God bless you, Mary.
1: And along with this letter was a map of the area around Long Meadow Farm and a mark for where Alice's body presumably was. And the FBI searched for hours, but nothing surfaced. Meanwhile, the story about multiple letters and the arrival of that pin leaks to the newspapers who run with the story. September 16th, 1937, the final letter from Mary Jones arrives. It's addressed to William Parsons and it reads,
0: I have tried to help you and your housekeeper, believing the finger of suspicion unjustly pointed to you. I wish to trust in you and help you. However, Mrs. Coplianova, for some reason, at this time, has unwisely and contrary to my wishes given information to the officers on the papers. My heart aches. I cannot rest. I worry over Pars- Mrs. Parsons uncared for. I am trying to get you the information so she may have a Christian burial and attention. When my mission has been accomplished or the matter is ended in other ways, I will leave forever. They may check New Jersey. I do not worry. Bless you. Marry.
1: So, so wins all of the ransom notes. and Adam, what is your impression of them so far?
0: They're just really like misspelled and just weird. Yeah. Um, they feel like intentionally different mm-hmm. like they're trying to convey that they're two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't I, I don't get them.
1: Okay. Well, my favorite bit of all of this is that all of those ransom notes were made up yeah well right but like not by Anna necessarily either the FBI plays a long game
0: whoa
1: okay so that first letter from Paul Jones was semi-real it wasn't sent by the FBI and it wasn't from Anna but they figured out who it was pretty quickly and realized it was just someone trying to profit off this tragedy right trying to set up and get a lot of money out of this so what about Mary Jones she was fictitious Uh, She was a creation of FBI inspector Connolly, who believed that maybe by sending the letter would some way trick Anna or William into revealing Alice's body. The two mid-July letters were written to Anna, and those contained extra sheets of paper. And this is important, because Connolly wanted Anna to use these sheets of paper for something. And he even made sure that they would be identifiable by marking them with something that could only be seen under ultraviolet light. So he's marked those extra bits of paper. Okay. And when they're presented back to the the officers, those pieces of paper are, in fact, not included. The 10-page letter delivered to Anna at the end of July, that we don't think ever actually even existed. Because that was the letter where Mary claims Anna died of pneumonia. And Anna says she put it in the mail to her lawyer immediately, but the lawyer never receives it. And the people with Anna never saw her mail anything. So that's just straight up a lie. The next Paul Jones letter was FBI fabricated. Um... And at the end of August, the letter sent to John Parson, this was from Mary Jones, right? And this was the one with the brooch uh, or the pin. This was one that had to have been sent by Anna because one of those cleverly marked blank pages, the ones with like the ultraviolet whatever, was what the pin was pinned to.
0: Oh. So
1: she's actively using that paper again. And then the next two are or the next three, actually, are all FBI creations trying to get her to just, like, say something in this tapped house. But it's this bizarre game of cat and mouse that they're trying to play with Anna, like, reverse psychology in a way that only kind of works because she does take up their fictitious... which doesn't make any sense. But there we are. Long story short, this intense period of some months of, like, FBI monitoring, FBI tapping continues, and eventually they realize they're going to California. And William and Anna and Roy all head out to California. They spend some time try- trying to tap their lines out there, too. And they catch a couple of weird things. But eventually, William's on to them and they have to withdraw. And it sort of honestly just peters out from there. Um, the FBI is redirected elsewhere because of internal FBI power struggles. Um, there are a couple of um events in the the 40s and I think the 50s where bodies are found of women who would be the right age but ultimately the dental work doesn't match or anything like that and no idea where Alice is her family did manage to get William not to inherit the money that was previously you know in that second weird will just two weeks before she went missing they able were able to have that not be the one that was executed. But it's uh, it's still unsolved today. What do you think happened?
0: Um, I I am so confused as to the, the motives and the reasons and the hows mm-hmm. and the whys and FBI's involvement. This is a, just a Isn't load. Isn't that crazy? I think that's it's crazy. It's so loaded. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I knew that I felt like the letters were specifically... Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was from the FBI, but I knew that these i like these are coming from two different people, but they're not. Like it's clearly yeah. <laughs> one entity writing both these letters, so they seem like they're starkly different. So I'm 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 happy that I knew that. Yes.
1: I love the idea that Anna's like, Oh, this this ransom note that was pretty good. Let's take on that personality next. Yeah. I don't even understand the logic in that. Why why?
0: I don't even know. Um and it's still unsolved.
1: And it's still unsolved. Um they didn't
0: give any all of this they just they didn't they didn't just say what happened
1: there's no actual physical linkage it seems there are these weird conversations where um things that we didn't get into today but like anna they hear on uh mike sort of admit to william that she got rid of the chloroform don't worry about it but when then confronted about the chloroform they're both like oh you know for the chickens I'm like why are you That's why so are you knocking weird. the chickens out i guess to make turning them to squab, more and what happened, humane. And then what
0: happens to these to these people, they just live their life and die. And... They
1: live their life and die. They live their life out in California. Eventually, um, Anna will move to first um, Guadalajara, Mexico in her old What's age. What's the
0: point of putting her in the will?
1: Well, that... So one theory is that they wanted her in the will, that they wanted... They clearly did something to Alice... And that the idea was that because it was going to be mediated on her death, they would get this money. But the problem is... But
0: it's their own money.
1: And if you kidnap someone... Well, but they, it was a lot of things that were in Alice's name that she... I guess she, would, however it was worded, was in her estate and that she didn't necessarily have direct access to. But if she died, then it would be sort of set up so that they would inherit... Okay. it more directly. Sure. I don't know, legally something. Yeah, I
0: have no idea. That's confusing. It's
1: very confusing. Um, but the problem is that if you just make it seem like someone's gone missing without a body, you have to wait like seven years to declare them legally dead so that you're not getting the money anyway. So that's a bad move.
0: Yeah, this is a weird one. It's bizarre.
1: I think, I think, I think everything from the word go is wrong. I think that Alice is killed immediately after breakfast they spend the rest of the day cleaning up um or and by they i mean anna because we have i think the receipts literally of what william was doing in the city yeah
0: wow that is that that's that yeah um just uh if you're interested in in, and and giving us the theories you know what to do Head us up on the socials yep at NY Mystery Machine on Insta and Facebook, and at NY Mysteries on the Twitter. Um, and while you're listening to the episode on iTunes, hit up, put a five star review. Yep. Tell us what you like, and you could be entered into winning a, uh, a prize.
1: Tell us what you think happened to Alice.
0: There it is. Well, next week is our Christmas episode. Woo! What a doozy! Uh, thanks for 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 joining. Thanks for that story, Christina, and taking us out to Long Island. It was a doozy. Twas a doozy. Another Very missing. Confusing. Another missing heiress that we'll never find no heiresses go missing much too often <laughs> here on the new york what's mystery the, machine
1: what's the um the oscar wilde quote to lose to lose one parent is a tragedy to lose both is careless it feels like that with the heiresses
0: there it is well i've been adam mace
1: i've been christina marinelli and
0: we'll see you next time on the new york mystery machine
1: family all but for the ghosts oh